0: Thank you for being a oh, 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 yeah Travel down the road, back to pain Hey, so we started from the bottom, now we're All here, girl. It Oh, yeah Well, and I can't This
1: is my heart right here
2: Shady Pines and Afterthought Media podcast, on which gay people discuss the Golden Girl. Today, we're talking about season three th- season through season three, episode seven, titled "Strange Bedfellows." First, from show business, please say hello to the one, the only, Mister Adam Salandra. Hi, Adam. Nice to see Hi, you. Hi, Joe. Nice to see you. um Your apartment's still looking lovely as ever. Well, didn't move, and that's that's. Do you ever actually? I literally of, didn't move. Do you have plans of moving ever? Oh no! Oh, you do. We've talked about this, yes, sir. Jay Ellis Salandra uh, might be moving closer to me, and then he and I could be like. Oh, I think Jay you should friends. go ahead and introduce him first before you. Oh uh... yeah, sorry, it's been a month. I forgot. Yeah, they... <laughs> he's the he's the prince of entertainment. Give him up to the Mister. Hello, <laughs> Jay Ellis. Hi, Jay. What you called Jello? An angel
0: yeah. of the stars.
2: Yeah. Well, last, you we, call last it? episode you were on, you were a pig. And now you're Jello. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. The, the natural evolution of life. Yeah. J. Um Yeah. Well, that's exciting. When are you, are you thinking about moving for real? For
0: real. I mean, in general, this, I'm really, I'm happy that you enjoy my apartment from this angle because when I did it at work the first time, I, it felt too busy to me. But neither here nor there. We are in a one bedroom. As we also talked last month, I want kids. It's not going to work. We're in a mm-hmm. one bedroom, slash, even if we didn't. We're really starting to get on top of each other now that I work from home. So we need a bigger space. We also want it to be a house. House Houses in LA, very difficult to afford. Um, so based on Sean's work, one of the possibilities, long story long, is Orange County. And so I could be neighbors with the. Joe Batans, hopefully, and you th-
3: never meet. Still, yeah. Oh, know,
0: obviously, <laughs> okay. certainly not coming to my home to pee. <laughs> I can tell you that much. The
2: one thing I will say is, you know, there's a lot to criticize with Orange County people about how conservative it is. It is a different kind of conservatism. It's the kind that where they love gay people.
0: Oh, okay, that's what I all I care about. Yeah, and uh, and their freedom. Oh
2: yeah, they, <laughs> their love, free- their freedom, they love their, their freedom. freedom, and like for some reason hate Kate, hate Katie Porter, which. <laughs> I love her, but uh, a friend of the a father a friend of mine called her Katie O'Donuts. You know, he has his joke <laughs> Jay just <laughs> gasped,
3: right? I think I follow her on Twitter. I she's the one who always brings the whiteboard to Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. She knows how to make a point. Yeah. She's uh, the moment. She's an icon. <laughs> now, yeah. Come on now. Yeah.
2: Um, but I will say it is I I, you know, I lived in Newport Beach, specifically Corona Del Mar, for a very long... Almost 20 years. Actually, over 20 years, okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember one morning, I went for a walk in Corona Del Mar early, okay? And I was just walking down Pacific Coast Highway, and there was like, you know... Beautiful trophy wives with their, you know, beautiful children walking up and down with their, you know, wearing their Lululemon and there was like a gardener pushing up fresh produce and spraying and good morning, Mrs. So-and-so, you know, and yada, yada. And I was like, oh, this is why they're Republican. And what I mean is... Their lives are perfect and beautiful and wonderful, and they look like Linda Evangelista,
3: but... They're still their own tights. Yeah, yeah
2: and they still those tights, but um, they turn on the news, and they see that, you know, black and brown people are pissed, and they're like, what are they fucking complaining about? Life is great, you know? That is absolutely correct. You, If you have no connection to yeah. it,
0: it's very easy to... Just not the good ones. Some people are actually horrible, but like those that otherwise perhaps are good people. Of course, they just have zero concept of anything but that perfection.
2: Yeah, they only know. I, I remember when I was in college living there, uh, I lived on the beach and the beach was sort of the less desirable part. Um, and someone broke into my car and stole my car stereo, like broke the window open, ripped open, took the car stereo, ripped the dashboard apart. And I had to work that day. And I told the kids it was really hard driving out, driving around without a car stereo. And they were looking at me with, like, the, the truly, it was a genuine, coming from a genuine place, most puzzled looks on their faces. And they were like, well, just go out and buy a new car stereo.
3: And I was like. <laughs> That's also kids, though, too. They don't understand, like, a dollar.
2: Yeah, they don't. So, uh, they were just like, we don't understand why you're mad. Just go buy a new car stereo.
3: <laughs> just get a new car while you're at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's wrong. So, I would just stick in
2: that one. But I think what yeah. happens in Orange County, they never go past that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, was, I
0: can't wait to just transform into that lifestyle. It becomes
2: very easy. Yeah.
0: Trophy wife on the beach, baby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Um, anyway, let's get right into this episode. A political candidate for whom the ladies are campaigning says that he and Blanche had an affair. Blanche protests her innocence, but the girls do not believe her. Your thoughts on this episode? There were a lot of actually weird, I'm sure we're going to address them, problematic now in retrospect, things that happen in this episode. But I want to get you, first of all, round Robin here. We'll start with our guest, Jay Ellis. You're sort of like
3: a TV guide, slugline, logline, thoughts on these episodes. Um, this one kind of breaks the mold of what the show stands for, which is kind of friendship, companionship, and laughs i don't mm-hmm. think it had it showcased any of those <laughs> on this one uh and that's my thoughts i kind of feel like it, it wasn't a true episode of golden girls Adam Slandre.
0: i can agree with that i think the i think the premise that blanche is always fucking so why would they believe her is interesting but i always remembered like there's something about gill certainly we find out, but like that for me, it's just, I don't like I didn't enjoy his character so I didn't want mm-hmm. to be there around him and of course it's mostly about him
2: Gil is the, Gil is the guy running for city council in, in Miami for, that's who he's talking about um, so, so for me and I'm sure we'll address this, there were two problematic things, one is a weird I don't know if I'd call it problematic, I think they they really went right to the line about the trans people conversation because uh, what we read yep. at the end is that the guy writing for city council does go in public and disavow his relationship with Blanche as it wasn't true. But mm-hmm. then says, uh, I used to be a woman. And everyone's like, ah! And he drops out. Right? <laughs> and they run away. They yeah. run away. And and then that, they do have a – Rose and um, Dorothy have a very funny conversation. But I think now you wouldn't see that conversation a thing. But one of the things that was a little bit more subtle – that I want to get to, that I noticed, is that... So the rumor is, everybody, is that the, the media reports that uh, the politician and Blanche slept together. And at no point do Dorothy, uh, Rose, and the public or anybody disavow the politician. Mm. It's very much, it's Blanche's fault she's the jezebel she's the whore how could you because like they don't ever get you would think if he had this scandal and they supported him and they're shrunk, that they would be like well fuck it we're not going to support him anymore but no they stopped being friends with blanche but they're still well, totally 100% him beyond that he the whole reason he
0: lies is because he thinks it'll help and it does help but that yeah. unfortunately i think is still very accurate today it will always be the woman's fault she's blamed um, that hasn't changed in all these years. Jay, what do you think about that?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, because his rationale is that he wanted to be seen, and he wanted to be interesting, because he's never been that in his in his life, yeah. and uh, it's just, when I was talking about in my, like, logline of the episode, it just feels like real friends wouldn't turn on Blanche. Like, Rose and Dorothy are so quick to go from supporting a, a politician they don't know, like, yeah. they don't live with, to, like, all of a sudden, like, Throwing all support on him mm-hmm. and not their friend who they live in her house. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like I would think that that would earn her something, but uh, it just felt like they were just mean. It was it was very weird.
2: Yeah, and and they're not willing to hear her out or anything. they were, they're believing the news reports of people who weren't even. Well, then this guy says it. I don't know. It seems really really odd it, it does go with i did see an interview around this time actually so it makes sense i believe it was when rue was on the joan rivers talk show mm-hmm. could be wrong here i believe the joan rivers talk show where rue talks about how she doesn't think that blanche is a whore mm. in rue's head she felt blanche was lying that blanche liked to like Give this image, but that she was actually a lot more proper than she said, which kind of comes up in this episode, you know. Uh because that's how sort of how Rue saw it. That Rue that, that Blanche was ex- exaggerating because she liked to give this she's still sexy sort of image. Mm-hmm. Um But you know, going back well, I don't know if Cylantra can hear us, but Oh you can? Oh. You're so loud. <laughs> True. <Just kidding. laughs> Uh, going back a month ago, we had this hypothetical situation that if we all live together. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Um, let's talk about this. Let's say we all live together and there was a similar situation. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a gay politician in Palm Springs and Jay slept with him. Um, what, what would be your reaction, Solandra? I know what mine would be. Good for you. Uh, if
1: <laughs>
0: I was the T,
2: I'd be like, "How big was he? Was he yeah, bad?" I mean,
0: if or if Frank, if, if it was
2: Gil Kessler, I'd say, "Why would you do that?" But <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't, I don't understand why I would be. Um, well, I guess the whole point ruining the campaign and such. But if Jay did it, and if Jay, I had known Jay to just be constantly out sleeping with all the Palm Springs men, I'd be like, "Well, I would think that he did it." Yes. Mm-hmm. But if he was really saying no, honestly, even though there was literally a picture, I would question it because in this scenario, Jay comes home and tells us about every detail of every man he sleeps with. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be suspicious that suddenly yeah. he's saying no?
2: Yeah, it's a good point. And also Blanche literally said, I am taking this envelope to his house later and they're like what were you doing there and i'm like yeah yeah bitch they made her they made her go (laughs) yeah
3: this is all gaslighting i mean they're making her seem like she's crazy they're like Mm -hmm. she's saying no i didn't and then they're like yes you did this is why and she's like i told you i did this and they're like well you didn't really say that and it's just it's it's her constantly being told that she's not doing what she claims that she was doing I, i i don't know why she's Friends with them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that, when, and and so many times in this series, when there's an issue and there's a fight, which of course Mm -hmm. is a lot, they set it up, blah, 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 problem, and then they're like, oh, we ran out of time. So they just forgive them. No, basically, no questions asked, which is what happened here. Yeah. Yeah,
2: You
3: can only do so much in like 22 minutes, I guess. Yeah. I
2: I think I can actually, knowing a little bit of the history of what was going on at the time, I kind of feel I, I was able to backtrack on what happened in the writing of this episode. Because it combines two stories at the time. First story was, and we talked about this, I believe, in a previous episode. Or maybe we'll talk about it in the future. I can't remember. Who can? Uh, Who can remember? Um, But there was a very famous controversy at the time with a presidential candidate, leading Democratic presidential candidate, Gary Hart, who had a drop out of the race because of his affair with a woman named Donna Rice. We
0: talked about it Got it. Yes. yes. So we, we, we talked about it, or we will talk about it. Who can say?
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, he had a dropout. So that would have been a huge controversy. Very charismatic politician. Uh, I, You know, when I was in college, political science speaking, when I, I was a political science major, and the professor had worked on, uh, at somebody's campaign at the time, was a, a leading person. But he talked about how Gary Hart was such a great, I, when I say politician, I don't mean in the political sense. He was talking about, like, he really knew his stuff, knew how to uh, work the system and, and whatnot, was, 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 could had the potential to be a great president, but fucked it up with this, you know? And that's why he was a leading contender. And who, who ultimately lands up replacing him as Michael Dukakis, who was used to be the governor of massachusetts it was kind of weak but that's who landed coming up anyway at the time the leading contender for the republicans who was running was the current vice president george h.w bush and at the time i don't know why he was portrayed in the media as a wimp that he was a huge wimp And that he didn't have the balls and the guts to be, he didn't have what it took to be president. And I kind of feel like there was probably a conversation where they said, imagine if George Bush had this same problem. It probably would improve his image. Boom, this episode is born. That's sort of what it seems like. They mixed the Gary Hart and the the George H.W. Bush image problems into one character because now Clever. we don't see George at the you know George HW lost the wimp, the wimp message when he invaded Iraq during the Persian Gulf War in 91 but before that he was seen as a wimp and and George HW was trans and oh, so, he was so. also trans his his original name was Charlotte right and he had been a donut H. W. girl <laughs> yeah Charlotte HW Bush yeah <laughs> Um, H.W. Yeah, Sean H.W. Yeah. Bush, and he was one of those donut girls in World War II. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah.
3: What's a, what's a donut girl? They
2: had these girls in World War II. I can't remember what they were called. Somebody in Discord will tell me. And you could go to the USO. I think they were just USO girls. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why donuts got super popular was because of this. And they would, you could come in as a soldier and have free coffee and donuts. And they would walk around and have a, a conversation with you imagine if gay people i would totally be a sucker for this if gay people were allowed to be in the military in world war ii we had our own special gay tent it would be like um we go in there to chill and get our mind off things and be some hot guy who comes and brings us a donuts and just talks with us and dances with us you know <laughs> i'm down that's essentially what it was is that's what the girls were is they would basically give you they wouldn't fuck you i think they weren't allowed to but like the sort of the uh,
3: everything but, uh, you know, the illusion of being a girlfriend uh,
2: while you were there
3: hanging out. Plus donuts. Plus now, see, I'm donuts. The, I'm the pretty woman rules where I do everything but kissing.
2: Yeah, I think oh. you could, not but they would they would dance with you and be your partner and hang out, your date for the night, and blah, 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 blah. But also specifically go around and be nice to you and tell you what a brave person you are and give you donuts and coffee. Mm, so. That's nice of them. Anyway, that's what Georgia used to do. Crueler in compliments. Yeah. That's <laughs> what she should have called it. Um, okay. Uh, any other big thoughts on the themes of this episode, Adam Salandra? No. Jay? There's not much to this episode. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. sticking with just that.
3: I do want to address the trans issue a oh, little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the joke of Sophia saying... See, I knew if I had a five more minutes, I would have gotten it. Yeah. He is Italian. I kind of thought that, like, for the time, it just, like, it was a subversive, like, non-issue for uh-huh. these girls. Like, it, it, I know the room is shocked, but mm-hmm. for the writers to include... And I'm not saying this is, like, a, a good way to ad- approach this. Mm-hmm. But instead of making that the joke, the punchline, they gave it, like, they took the air out of that... Like Ace Ventura is an example I can use where that is, the, the punchline is the joke. And you're just mm-hmm. like, what is happening with this, which came after mm-hmm. Golden Girls? So I thought it was smart to have this moment that was executed a little bit more elegantly than I thought was going to happen with Sophia.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I thought about that. And also in the Golden Girls book I have, they're, they're mentioning that there was... They were nervous about being offensive. Oh, really? Which honestly, I found that to be very surprising, just based on the time. Like, Mm -hmm. I, 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 transgender issues, I feel, are so far behind gay rights issues. I'm shocked that it even crossed their minds. I'm glad it did, but uh, it surprised me.
3: But But it does. Room, go ahead. Did this room have a lot of like? LGBT, uh, we would assume in the room, like writer's room, producers, yes, that kind of yes, stuff? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And, so and the
0: gals were definitely, literally
2: friends of Dorothy. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's yeah, that okay. one that writes for The New Yorker. I know he wrote on there. I think towards the end, but he wrote on there. And there's a couple of other gay ones who have come out. And, uh, but, uh, but, you know, what's funny, though, is I feel like, but, you know, even then, I mean, every everybody and their mother has sent me that scene from Tales of the City. Uh, this, the revival about, uh, the old man reading the young man. You know about this? No. Oh, okay. No. So there's this revival of Tales from the City. I'm sure someone will post a scene in the Discord. And I think it actually would be interesting to play here, even in sort of the context. And I've heard nothing else about this revival series, right? Except for this one scene. It's a scene where, um, one of the characters, who's, so they're all older gay men now, because it's an update. And he brings his much younger boyfriend to this dinner party, okay? And these older gay men are throwing around tranny and just being super politically incorrect. And the younger gay man takes it upon himself to correct them, okay? And one of the older gay men goes into a monologue where he reads him for filth, right? Here it is. I'm going to play it for you right now. Oh, convenient. Yeah. He told us about this club down there, so we're out walking around this totally sketchy part of Mexico City. I mean, mm. it's really late, mm. and we finally think we found it. You have to ring a doorbell. Right, right. And oh. we go in, and oh, my God. It's full of trannies. To
1: the rafters. It's a tranny club, a Mexican tranny club. So of course, they let you in. Oh. I don't think that we use that word. Sorry? Uh,
3: uh, tranny! It's offensive, and, and using it to insult each other, that's, that's really <laughs> offensive, so. Does anyone want more wine?
1: Yes. <laughs> Please. I just don't really appreciate That we have to be police At a fucking gay dinner party Thank you, exactly Is this a Bordeaux? (laughs) A bunch of fags bullshitting around a table Probably doesn't like the word fag either Aren't we just talking about Machu Picchu? We (laughs) not We come back to that just for a minute I mean, look, you can call yourself whatever you want, man But I just think it's important we call other people What they want to be called That's that's the least that we can do Babe, I think we get it Why don't we do dessert in the other room? (laughs) Huh? Let's go Can I ask you something? Why is your generation obsessed with labels? Obsessed. Because what you call someone is important. It's about it's about dignity. It's about visibility. Okay. I think we owe that to people, it, it, especially when you're coming from a place of privilege. Uh, so you look at me, and you see what? A rich white man? Is that what you mean? Is that my privilege? Um, yeah. Yes, you are. Guys, guys, I don't think... Let me tell you something about dignity and visibility. How old are you? I'm 28. He's 28. Okay. Any so-called privilege that we happen to enjoy at this moment was one. Okay? And by that I mean clawed, tooth and nail. From a society that didn't give two shits if we lived or died, and indeed did not care. When all our friends started to die. When I was 28, I wasn't going to fucking dinner parties. I was going to funerals. Three or four a week. All of us were. I understand that I do. Oh, you do? Really? Why? Because you saw angels in America? Fuck that. Fuck that. You have no idea. This world that you get to live in, with your safe spaces and your intersectionalities. And gay marriage, fucking without condoms. All of it. This entitlement you now have to dignity and visibility as a gay person. Do you even know where that came from? Do you know who built that world? Do you know the cost of that progress? No, of course not. Because it would be more than your generation could ever bear to comprehend. So if a bunch of old queens want to sit around a table and use the word tranny, I will not be told off by someone who wasn't fucking there.
2: So that's what I, but I don't know that I, people send me that scene all the time. I still never seen that show. Why? But, Wait, why are they sending oh you that scene? My <laughs> oh my god. Jody. Every old Larry Flick, every old my therapist, every old Queen sends me that clip. They love it. They To justify
3: that, their, their, yes. them saying words. They, oh. RuPaul
2: is probably, probably, cheering at that scene, right? <laughs> um, but I want to get your thoughts on it, Jane and Anna so on our new um, uh, reviewing clips of other shows.
3: <laughs> yeah. This is a subsection of Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I know that there's struggle and stuff that I'll never understand, but I don't think that it's licensed to call. It's, it's the risk. I mean, they do say it in the clip. It's respecting the group for somebody who says, I don't want to be called that. And then you continue to say it. I think there's something wrong there. Mm-hmm. You just need to adjust your brain. It's, I just say, flip it to the other person. If there's something you being done to you mm-hmm. and you say, please stop doing that. And people are like, no, I earned this right to call you that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. does that make sense? No, you know it's, know, it's, it's. I, I don't understand people's meant. I'm, I'm still, getting used to non-binary they them there it's very hard for me because i was raised in a he him or he her boy girl like oh is your are you gonna have a kid that's a boy or girl and it's just i'm trying to get rid of that of my lexicon but it's it is tough but i'm learning it's you know it's constantly yeah i
2: feel there's something that happens when you get older i'm lucky so far it hasn't really happened to me but uh where you become less flexible on things you know Like, I was just reading about the term demisexual, which I'd heard but didn't know what it meant, and I read an article about what it meant. And I was like, oh, so maybe I'm demisexual. And I would just go by – I actually don't even care about my pronouns. You can call me whatever you want to fucking call me. (laughs) What is demisexual? What does that mean? So demisexual was – defined the way I read in the article was that you see yourself as whatever gender you're born as, you know, but that not necessarily to the full extent. So, like – you identify as a man, but not in the traditional sense of what a man is, right? Like you're almost like, and that's how I like. I, I wouldn't because they were saying fluidity means that you go back and forth. So it sounds, it kind of seems what people think is gender fluid, but that gender fluidity meant was sometimes you feel like you're a woman, sometimes you feel like you're a man. I don't feel that. I always feel like I'm a man, but I don't feel like I'm a man in the traditional sense of the gender. Right, okay. um, and so I think maybe I would identify as demisexual, who goes by again. I do not give a shit about pronouns. If you call me she or her, I don't give a shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, I think there are a lot of people my age and older who are like, no, it's a. Man, 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 man. And so going back to this trans conversation, I think this is what in the Golden Girls. This is what the way they saw things now. They're it's funny because at that time that was seen as progressive, but I bet you if you showed a, a Gen Z person that scene, they would find it very offensive,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know. And um, I think it's still funny, I think it, it to me at least it, it pushes the line, but you're right. But the fact that it pushes the line is still funny shows that they're aware of the line to me, yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
3: and that that was when I was watching it, and that was the reveal, I go wait what like why why is that the the reason that they couldn't have slept with blanche or something like it's just it was it seemed like such a bizarre way to take the episode Mm -hmm. but what i appreciated was that that was not sophia's punchline specifically yeah about i knew that there was a secret and her her big get was that they were he was italian yeah so that that was my point
2: yeah uh so Landry, any other thoughts (laughs) Solandra's <laughs> mad. Why are, you, why are you not giving thoughts, Solandra? He's ruminating. I just was very offended hearing them use that T-word in that scene that you made us all listen to.
3: Well, just listen. Gonna...
2: Um, I, I lived in uh, a time where those you could. You, there was a time, Solandra, where you. For, you know, when I first started doing podcasting, I couldn't do this thing where there were three microphones and pull up a clip and have an audience. I would have to go in and put it later. We would have to pretend like we talked about it. It was, I couldn't even get you to hear it. So the I don't want years you coming of in here.
3: And telling me, I have have dessert in the other room. We were just talking about Machu Picchu. No,
2: no, no. Jay, hold on for a second. I don't want you coming in here and telling me that you're mad that I played that clip because there was a time and I was there where I couldn't play the clip. I I understand. I'm sure that was hard for you.
3: (laughs) Weren't we just talking about Blanche? (laughs) (laughs) It's sad that we rip apart this scene that probably is important for people to see but yeah it is
2: I, I will say it's the only scene i've ever heard about that revival i've never heard about another scene in that show i hate to say that i don't even know what the show is oh but... so the original is actually groundbreaking my ex-boyfriend his his grandmother gave me the entire book series it was, it was based on a book series that was oh, very revolutionary called tales of, of grandma yeah tales of the city uh and it actually is very readable
3: I've only seen – I've only read Tales of the Titty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey <laughs> Um No, Tales of the City was a newspaper column in San Francisco in the late 70s, early 80s. And so what's great about it is the chapters are super short. So each column's one chapter. And it's kind of soap oh. opera-y. You know, but they, the way they do it is really smart because when you first start reading the book, it's about this girl who moves to San Francisco. But then they start working the gay characters in – you know, and it's actually like almost like this gay soap opera, and mm. uh, and they have a series of books about these characters, and it was very very popular. And PBS made a mini series about it out of the books, and then Laura Linney was the girl, and uh, Olympia Dukakis was this major character. I don't want to spoil too much about her, and um, so they did this revival of the show. Uh, about the tales of the city. It, it, it is actually a really good book series, and I, I've never actually watched the PBS one, but, okay. um, yeah, it's a really good, uh, it was, you know, at the time it was evolutionary because it happens whilst there's the, the columns happened to be happening when the AIDS crisis hits San Francisco, and the author would incorporate real news into the stories, as if these characters wow. were alive at that time. And so AIDS hits the stories, and so. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's go to the references here. Let's go to um, Sophia at one point. They said, Mom, I told you to get out of your room. And she says, Who am I, Elf? Jay, do you get what that reference means?
3: Uh, popular 80s show about an alien that eats cats. Yeah. Don't love that. But why would she <laughs> oh, say, yeah, why would she saying like, Who am I, Elf? Uh, didn't the
2: family like keep him a secret? Yeah, yeah, he had to hide in the room or something whenever people came over. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's some great Elf stories. I can't believe done a show about that because the author was famous, the, the, the showrunner was famously uh, on like, um, Ben Stiller made a movie about it. I can't remember what it's called, but like, he was like a famous, like, he was like, a cokehead and stuff like that. And, um, the guy who created Elf was a crazy person and wanted to keep the illusion up that Elf was real and so the actors weren't allowed, almost like, I think the Muppets are this too, you had to address Elf as a person, but he was a complete asshole and the voice of Elf. And the guy that played the dad um, literally, like, I think quits the show in the middle of the last episode, like the show ended because no one could get along, and like has a fucking full-on meltdown tantrum screaming at the Elf puppet. Oh. You know, the, and dad? Storms, the dad of the show. <laughs> like, is it on the, YouTube? No, 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 no. It's during the filming. And like, it's like, fuck you, you fuck it. Like, just hates him and storms off. And somebody's yelling at the, and the puppet is just reacting, you know? And because, <laughs> <laughs> but people have talked about what a pain in the ass the elf guy was. Because I think on a recent MTV, like VMAs or something like that, or the Oscars or the Emmys or something like that, they want it as a gag to have elf come out. And the guy who owns Elf is just such a fucking pain in the ass that the, mm-hmm. it, t- it fell apart. It didn't happen. I think that's why it's never been revived. Um, because he's such a fucking pain in the ass. So anyway, yeah. Thomas Dewey, Rose says that she worked for Thomas, no, for Dewey and they and go, Thomas Dewey. And she says, no, the guy has Dewey decimal system. Jay, who is
3: that? Uh, Thomas Dewey is a, Polit- that was a politician, but I don't know when he ran. Um because it was they were talking about politics and mm-hmm. I don't remember. So he I, ran that, in the, all I know is yeah. Dewey.
2: He ran in the forties against Harry Truman. The way you might know him is from a very famous picture of Truman, um where he was set to win the election. I think it's in forty five or something better, like that, or whatever mm-hmm. that election is, right after Roosevelt dies, the first election. And everyone was saying he's gonna win. To the point where the newspapers went ahead and printed the headline, Dewey defeats Truman, but oh. Harry Truman last minute wins. And so the picture of Harry Truman holding up the paper that says Dewey defeats Truman. And so he had run against Truman. Um, yes. go ahead, Jay.
3: No, yes. I'm now I, now that you say that story, I do remember that. It's
2: all coming back. Yeah. Agatha Christie, Jay.
3: Famous author, probably most well known for the murder on the Orient Express, um, murder mystery with, uh, a lead character. It's almost like Knives Out took a page out of Agatha Christie's book. For sure. Jim. Adam.
2: Adam, literally. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that's true. True. Eight is Enough. Someone said, I can't Pop- remember the people on Eight is Enough.
3: A uh, popular TV show, which I think was like a loose inspiration for Step by Step and Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. No, I think Brady Bunch came before Eight is Enough. But yeah. <laughs> Joe, I'm.
2: Oh, <laughs> Delandra.
0: I'm gonna say that's true, especially the Brady Bunch part.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, Jim and Tammy Faye because uh, Ruben Clancy does a big rant and says I didn't do that. Blah blah blah. Then uh, Dorothy called her Jim and Tammy Faye.
3: We all know Tammy Faye Baker with her big eye eye eyelashes Mm -hmm. and uh, crying and stuff. Uh, Famous, I guess. Like pre, I don't even know what their whole story is. Preacher. They had televangelists. Yeah,
2: televangelists. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: There you go. That's absolutely true.
3: Mm hmm.
2: Uh, okay. Got a That is 100%. They went on. If you watched the movie or any kind of documentary? They fate after Jim Baker was uh accused of you know the affair and the money mismanagement they both go on i think 60 minutes or 2020 and they tearfully cry and die that's i'm innocent yada 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 very a lot of histrionics that they're referencing i think tam even sings um somebody gets compared to roger
3: ebert jay who's roger ebert part of siskel and ebert a popular movie critic yeah
2: Landra?
0: Sorry, when I actually know them, I forget that I'm supposed to pretend to guess. But that, yes, that is true.
2: All right. And then finally, uh, Facts of Life Goes to Australia, Jay Ellis. Dorothy <laughs> says,
3: and I'm mad They're not going to rerun F- Facts of Life Goes to Australia. About a lesbian and three other friends who lived in a <laughs> girls boarding school. <laughs> and I'm assuming in an episode they went to Australia. They went down on the
0: baby.
2: Mm-hmm. So did Joe. Yeah, so even more than an episode. This is one of my favorite things. My friend Adam de la Peña loves 80s television and we constantly talk about these kinds of things. But in the 80s they would do Adam is so pissed. Where do you have to be, Cilantra? No, Not here. No, this is it, baby. This is it. This is Why the highlight of my life. Why are you so angry? Day? Okay, wait. We'll come back to this. We're going to revisit this. <laughs> Dorothy. I'm just resting my head, but anyway, I want to do a
3: deep dive on the theme song, so we'll do that after this. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna talk specifically about that theme song, bar Warm by bar. Line. Yeah, like we're gonna go through the yeah, taking the good, taking the bad. <laughs> but you know, um, they used to do this weird thing in TV at the time where they didn't want their um, TV stars going and making movies or doing things, and so. What they would have them do, especially the kids, is they would have them make these movies in the, in, during the hiatus and then air the movie during the hiatus. And so there's one that's famous, I can't remember what it's called, but with Michael J. Fox and the, and the lesbian chick from Facts of Life, um, and, uh, Nancy McKeon where they're at a summer camp. But there was one for Facts of Life where the Facts of Life girls went to Australia and it was like a summer movie. And so they didn't usually rerun it. It was just like it was played during reruns. And so I think that's why. Wouldn't them at. doing
0: movies though just heighten their? Maybe they didn't want them to leave the show, but like yeah, draw more attention to make yeah. them more famous and then make the show more popular.
2: Yeah, you make the show more popular, and they could because there were reruns. No one had new content. It was a way to promote these shows and these actors that you met. Like yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And this still this isn't as popular as it used to be. But networks used to do overall deals with actors where they own them basically for five years. So they would say, "We want you in this show." Be in it, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure that these these actors for Facts of Life probably signed an overall deal where they were like, "Yeah, we're going to put you in something in the summer, in the fall, the winter, the spring."
0: Yeah, hey, that's money, baby.
3: Yeah, but well, usually it's a flat rate contract. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: I was in an acting class with Lisa Welchel. What, oh, Lisa welchell you were. How was she? She's super. And uh, Anthony Mendel. She's she's very nice and very good. I'm going to tell you well, something. If you saw that, spoken.
2: If you saw that Jimmy Kimmel live thing where uh, she came out and sang the theme song for Facts of Life on the Jimmy Kimmel like the live thing that fucking bitch looks fantastic for mm-hmm. her age. Like holy shit she's in her 50s she still looks not that much older than when she was on the show. Yeah. She better work. Yeah, she better w- <laughs> Come Cylindra, on, Lisa! Wait, hold on, Solandra. <laughs> I want to explore this. Why the sudden mood change? Why are you angry? I wouldn't call it sudden. I
0: we started the show a month ago, and I said I'm in a bad mood. <laughs>
3: I know, but then and I know it's, I know a month has passed. No, but in that He's month, still think he he never was able to reschedule that allergist. Yeah, right? but he
2: was in a good mood, and then... I said I would turn it on, but the
0: but unfortunately, I gave myself an hour of turn on, and I've lost it.
2: <laughs> these these shows, these shows are tiring. I will say, <laughs> I mean, we're almost done. About, we're almost done. The guest star is John Shuck. He's the one that played the politician. Um, alive or dead, uh, Jay Ellis? He seemed unhealthy. I'm going to go. Salandra. <laughs> I have. I. I would also say dead. Still alive, a working character actor to now. He born 1940s. I mean, he's just turned seven. Um mistake. So Jay Ellis, uh, Adam Salandra, uh, co-host on this show. Currently alive or dead? <laughs>
3: hard to tell let's get a bpm monitor on him yeah let's do it i know maybe
2: i'm based on my apple watch not alive unfortunately (laughs) deceased and then uh all right uh this episode originally aired on november 7th 1987 on this day lynn cox what the fuck did i just call myself (laughs) Lynn? i don't see how that's any of your goddamn business (laughs) Lynn Cox swims between the American little, and I don't know what this means, Diomede Island to the Soviet Big Diomede Island. But it happened on this day in 1987, the same day as this episode. Let's go around the horn really quickly because we're losing some Good land crop, uh
3: as we speak. Uh, oh, James, hold on, man. How many? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How long of a swim was that? I mean, it had to be substantial to make the news. If it's like going across a swimming pool, I'm not going to be like, kudos to you, mama. Yes, God. Well,
2: <laughs> but couldn't it have been that it's one of these things where, uh, let me see if we can do that. Distance between, where it's like going from a, the United States to the Soviet Union, uh, yeah. little DME. Oh,
0: oh. even go. um, <laughs> <without> a pool, <work>.
2: though. Yeah. Okay, do you want to take, I have the answer right here. Do you have many – Out of me want? first. Yeah. In miles, in miles, yeah. Wait, remind me real quick what it is from where to where? The little Diomede Island, which is run well owned by the U.S., to the big Diomede you know Island owned by the Soviet Union. Oh, probably four miles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really?
3: Uh, <laughs> God, oh. I feel like I could do that. Um, it has to be at least like thirty miles. Two point four miles. <laughs> no. Props to you, mom. <laughs> i take back every single thing i said she deserves nothing uh, not lynn cox yeah <laughs> edit her out of this show
2: yeah. <laughs> all right how many cheesecakes Ellis, for this episode this was a three out of ten for
3: moi Ooh, oh three lolo, wow i thought it didn't stick any yeah it wasn't there was no fun on. well this we one.
2: didn't talk about this uh, i hinted at it last month but great Dorothy slow burns in this one. There's Mm -hmm. the one when Betty White, I'm sorry, Rose is building the birdhouses in the morning. Cylantra? That's that's such a good point. So the entire, she doesn't say a word the entire
0: scene until Rose gets more and more upset and smashes the birdhouse herself just from
2: Dorothy's looks. And then Dorothy still doesn't say anything. she just leaves the room. Yep. That's powerful. There's one, and then uh, during the trans conversation, uh, Rose says, And what is it made of? And Dorothy does a long, slow burn. Looks at her pocket, you know, like her purse, little pocket thing that she's carrying on the purse. and She's playing with it. And then I'm like, oh, here it comes. And she goes, Chili Putty, Rose. And I'm like, there it is.
3: People do the thing, I, I know this is a popular thing on YouTube, where they remove uh audience laughter and applause from mm-hmm. sitcoms and it you just see the dead air and the actors just forced to mug for a long time. I feel like with B Arthur you do not notice that move. Like you're just like, this is so right.
2: Queen. She's queen it's queen, queen.
3: behavior. Queen. Yeah. She, she really could swim for, 2.4 months <laughs> for two point four miles.
2: Anyway, how many cheesecakes Atlanta? Uh I give it five. I'm gonna agree with Solandra. To me, this is a right split down the middle, five episode, there's some laughs, but isn't that great? It's a sort of like a four story it filler episode. Filler episode, and a filler so episode agreed. of the Golden Girls to me is a five. So Agreed. All right. Agreed. Well, Jay Ellis, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll see you next month. Uh Adam Cilandra. Thank, you know, thank you. You know oh, What? Me. <laughs>
3: He said, he, "Shut the fuck up! I'll see he, Wolfies, he, uh, you at Wolfie's." shut bitch. the fuck
2: up. Listen, can we just fucking go to Wolfie's already? <laughs> I Shit, am, motherfucker. Can we have Adam Burns back? Because those shows were really short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had to eat. He had to go to Wolfie's. He had to go eat. We got to go. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. I'm the problem. I kept trying to give him an out too. Like, yeah, I guess we got to go. He's all like, yeah, I gotta go eat. There was no. Enough. All right, tell the story. Yeah. for listening to shady pines you can find adam salandra on twitter and instagram at adam salandra that's a-d-a-m-s-a-l-a-n-d-r-a you can find joe batanz on twitter and instagram at j-o-e-b-e-t-a-n-c-e shady pines is an afterthought media podcast